Good morning, church. Who's excited to be here this morning? Amen. Man, I tell you, as I, as I said there in that last song, oh, man, to think about that I'm free. Forever. Forever I'm free. That when death was arrested, my life began. Man, that is amazing. That, that, that Jesus, because Jesus stepped out of the grave, I get to step out too. Amen. Man, that's amazing. That's something we should stay jacked up about all the time. If you think about what Jesus has done for us. I, I, if you're new here, if this is your first Sunday here, I'm going to say welcome and thank you for coming. Uh, my name's Jeremy. I'm the pastor here. And, um, and uh, I tell you, I just, I'm, I'm excited that you're here. If you've never been here, uh, every, every week you get one of these. And on, there's a tear-off portion on it. If you'll just put your information on there and, uh, so that we can just check in with you. Um, if you got prayer requests, put them. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to see what's going on. Um, if you're just visiting from another church and, and you just, just want to see what's up, like just, just let us know so we can pray for you and just get in touch with you. Um, because our biggest thing is we want you to know that you're welcome. We love you. And um, it ain't about our church. It's about the church. Amen? And so that's what we're here for. So one thing I, that I want to hit on some announcements before we get into the message this morning. But one of the greatest... Um, I think tangible ways that you can see God moving in people's hearts is that's generosity. When you're willing to give money, it changes things, right? It does. It, you see that. And, and, and I know for me, like I, when I was able, when I first, my wife seen me put $100 in an offering plate, she was like, this, this salvation stuff's legit. Like, he's really changed. Before I'd put a 20 and ask for change, you know what I'm saying? It was stuff like that that happened. But uh, it but when generosity, it really just starts touching our hearts. And, and so that's what one culture that we want to just to keep, um, keep facilitating in our church and want to give you opportunities to give. And so um, on the heels of that, a couple of opportunities that we have for you to give. And um, a couple of weeks ago, a pastor um, from Vidalia, our Vidalia campus, he went with a bunch of other pastors to India. And they had an opportunity, an amazing opportunity to be a part of a crusade in India well, in three days, y'all get ready for this, over 80,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Such a huge move of God. And so we want to help give them Bibles. And so where they live at, uh, one Bible costs about $3. $3 is about three weeks wage there. They live on about a dollar a day. Okay? And so a Bible is equivalent to about three or $400. Just $3. And so um, there'll be buckets at the end um, where you come in, uh, where the coffee table is, and the curtain is. There'll be some buckets sitting up on some tables. If you want to drop some money in there, drop a 20, drop a Benjamin, whatever you want to drop in there. But throw something in there if you, if you want to give toward that. Um, but, um, and also, let's be praying for them. We're going to pray for them before we get started in our sermon But this morning. Because now, that happened uh, Friday night. I get a text from Billy that... The government is now persecuting a guy named Pandu, which he's the one that's orchestrated the whole thing. And so they're trying to persecute this man that's trying to, to be um, the front runner for this and trying to squash it, trying to make him leave and, and move. So we're going we'll to lift him up to him, lift up him and his family in just a second, okay? Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, we, we, we've announced about two things, two exciting things, right, about us being our own entity, our own church, right, our own autonomous church. 
uh, last week, and, and then uh, the week before that, we announced the opportunity of us being able to purchase some land. Nobody excited about that, huh? But let me tell you, let me tell you how God works, okay? When we got ready to talk about it, God laid March 1st on my heart. I'm thinking, Lord, that ain't, that, that ain't enough time. He said, he just kept laying it on my heart. And, and pretty much like he was telling me, trust me. In two weeks, the gap from 32000 has been covered. So we only owe, we only have $10,500 left in two weeks. In two weeks. And so if you want to give, now's the time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got 10,000, about 10,500 more to, for, before we finish that first goal and head on to our second one. And so isn't that awesome how good God is? Amen. And so let's celebrate, man, generosity. Let's just thank God for that, right? Amen. <laughs> and then one more opportunity for you to give is if you want to, we're sending our kids to, uh, all our youth, to camp. <laughs> Russ is excited about everything today, baby. Um, but we're sending them to camp. They're going to Daytona. They went last year. This year, because we're not, um, all the campuses are doing their own thing, it's going to be a little more expensive. We're going to pay for a charter bus, different things. So the cost is going to be more. Um, so there's a 75, I think that's right. Hold on. Sorry, a $90 deposit um, due um, in a couple weeks for every student. If you want to sponsor a kid, if you want to say, hey, I want to pay the deposit for a kid, we have a lot of kids that are not going to be able to go unless we sponsor them. And so um, there you go. Um, put your money in it, put it in, put it in, the, put it in the bucket, along with Pandu's offering if you want to do that uh, when you get ready to leave. If you want to sponsor a child, if you want to sponsor the whole thing, that's cool too. We just want to give you opportunities to give. Um, we're also going to do a fundraiser, you know, in a couple weeks or a couple months. We did last year um, probably a, a uh, um, skeet shooting uh, competition at Bay Golf. We'll probably do that again. It's important how much money we get taken up. Okay, so that's where we are with everything. The last thing is we have uh, February 27th at the PAL. We get we having another one of our um, Connect Group worship nights where everybody in here is invited. But if you're in a Connect Group, it's where all of us get to come together and and really worship together and and just have a very intimate time of fellowship. Um, and this time it's going to be uh, we're not going to have child care. Um, we're going to have, um, if they are fifth grade and up, they can come. If they're fifth grade and below, you need to take them to grandma's house. Um, but <laughs> that's just kind of what we're trying to do so we can keep the atmosphere genuine and real. And so that's, that's kind of the game plan. All right? So that's all announcements. Can everybody say praise God? <laughs> I'm going to pray. And then we will get into the message. Father God, we thank you so much for your love and your compassion for us. And God, we thank you. God, we praise you for the money that you've raised and you've given, Lord. And uh, Father, I just pray again, Lord, that uh, Lord, as I remember um, a sweet lady saying that, Lord, you own cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, Lord, sell some and send us the money. Uh, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, for everything being yours. And God, I pray that we would be people who live open-handedly. Not only with our lives, but with our finances. So, God, help us be people that bless you with what you bless us with. God, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. We pray protection over Pandu. God, we pray for our brother 
over in India. God, we pray, Father, for his ministry. We pray, Father, for his family, for his wife, for his children. God, we pray protection over them. God, I pray, Father, that you would allow him to be a huge witness for the gospel in the light of just as he goes and starts having conversations with the government this week. God, I pray that you would cover him, that you would anoint him. God, that you would move in him in such a way that, God, that they speak of him as they spoke of James and John. I pray, God, that you would just move in them in a powerful way. I pray you would touch their hearts. I pray that you would just radically move in him this week. And, God, that you would allow him to see you more clearly. We pray for the 80,000 converts. God, we pray for them to be able to be discipled and be able to be used in a powerful way, God. But we pray for the country of India. We pray, Lord, for salvation in the name of Jesus. We pray that your blood will cover the entire country, Lord. And, God, we also pray for... For other churches in our community, God, we pray, Lord, that you would move in them, Lord. God, we pray for West Midland and Midland Baptist and Elam Baptist. God, we pray for Daniel Groves, Lord. We, we lift up to you, Lord, uh, William Groves, God. We pray for um, Long Branch, God. We pray for just those are just a few churches you've laid on my heart, but God, all these churches in our community, we pray, God, that you would help all of us break out of religion and break into this true relationship with you. God, move in us today. Holy Spirit, make your presence known. Change hearts, change lives, change perspectives today. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, <clears throat> you know, this week I was, I was in, uh, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14. I love reading 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel. I love talking about David. I love reading about David. David's my boy. I mean, I love David. Um, I love this, everything that he did. Everything that happened to him, sometimes I felt, feel like that's me, you know. So we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 14. And, and if you come here much, you'll understand there's a phrase that we have um, called we're heart and soul, okay? And, and the heart and soul is derived from one passage. It comes out of 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 7, okay? Verse 7 says, do all that you have in mind. His armor bearer said, go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. And you read that verse and you're like, yeah, man, that's, that's good, yeah. But see, if we take it out of the context, we don't realize how powerful that one statement is. It's easy to say, I'm with you, when you don't understand the cost tied to it. It's easy to say, I'm with you, but you ain't thought it out. It's easy to say, I'm with you on an emotional high, but when the emotions go away, where do you stand? But it's one thing to be heart and soul. I mean, that's all in. That's, that's, that's everything. Heart and soul. What's the word? The word says that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. Amen? We should be in total agreement, like all up in love with God. And so... To be heart and soul. And I'm not talking about our church. I'm talking about I want you to be heart and soul with Jesus. Because if you're all heart and soul with Christ, you're going to be all in wherever you go. Amen. And God, won't, and I felt, I felt just a quickening in my spirit this week that he's calling us, right? He's calling you not to be this man and woman that just goes and is real flaky. Goes in and out of church, goes in and out. Now, he wants you to be all in, 100% heart and soul with him, with Jesus. Wherever you want me to go, God, I'm going to go. All in. 
not just a half. I told, I told the connectors this morning, we, we're kind of like Simon Says with Jesus. Simon Says, put your left foot in. Simon Says, take your left foot out. That's how we are with God. I'm all in right here. But let something get, let, let, let the preacher something make me mad. Huh? Real talk today, y'all ready? Uh, let the preacher say something make me mad. I'm out. Man, that church just talks too much about money. I ain't going there. I, I'm out. Huh? I came to church three weeks in a row. And you know, then but five people talked to me. I'm out. I, it's because it's about us. Instead of us saying, you know what, God, I'm all in. I don't care how they act. I don't care what they say. I'm all in. Because I ain't going for them. I'm going for you. Amen? That's who he's called us to be. And to understand the, the, the language and how strong this statement is, is to understand where this is coming from. So, so my true heart for you guys, when we get out of today, when, when, when I close this message, you have to make a decision if you're going to be heart and soul with Christ. You got to make a decision. Either you're going to say yes or you're going to say no before you leave here. Some of you like, I shouldn't have came, but I'm sorry, you're here now. <laughs> so so you, if you don't want to make a decision, it's time to leave. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read the, whole, the whole little uh, bit of scripture, and then we'll break it down verse by verse. All right? Verse 14, uh, chapter 14, we're going to back up to verse uh, 23 in, in the following chapter. It says, Now a detachment of Philistines had gone out to the pass of Michmash. Verse 1. One day, Jonathan, son of Saul, said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let us go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he didn't tell his father. So Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeon, under a pomegranate tree. And with him, there were 600 men. Among him was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub, son of Phinehas, and the son of Eli. There's significance in these names, and we'll touch that on in a minute. The Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. On each side of the pass that Jonathan attended to cross to reach the Philistines' outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, and the other was Sina. One cliff stood to the north of Michmash, and the other to Gibeah. Jonathan said to his young armor-bearer, Come, let us go over to the outpost of the uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving us, whether by many or by few. Verse 7. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. And Jonathan said, come on then. We will cross over toward them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we will stay here. We will stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we will climb up because that is our sign that the Lord has given them over into our hand. 
And the story continues is that what happens is they said, hey, y'all, come on. They went to laughing because it was just two little scrawny Israelites, and they went in there and beat them down. That's some South Georgia slang, all right? They, they, they whooped them. You know what I'm saying? They beat them up pretty good. They annihilated them. Two men against an army. Man, what can God do with people who are all in for him? Amen? So verse 1, we're going to break it down. Go back to verse 1. Verse 1, when it says, hey, Jonathan, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go to the Philistine outpost to the other side, but he didn't tell his father. I want you to understand something in this. See, God had already told Israel that they, would, they should annihilate the Philistines. They, she already told, he already told them that that was their task. They needed to get rid of people that was, that was against God. They knew what God was calling them to do, okay? See, how many of us know what God's calling us to do, but yet we're not walking in that? How many of us know what God's calling us to do, but we're a lot like King Saul. We're just hanging out, not doing nothing. But see, when I, when I read this about Jonathan, it says, it says that he, he understood that the enemy was near. He understood that, my, look, what God's called me to do is close. One of, the most, one of the most changing books I've read in a long time is called Experiencing God. And in that, Henry Blackaby says that in order to, uh, to get engaged in God's Word, you need to look and see where God is working and go to where God's working. Pursue after that. Go after that. Jonathan saw, he said, look, I know God's called us to do that. And this new coincidence that he brought the enemy closer to us. And I'm going after it. I'm going to be obedient to God. See, Jonathan was looking for an opportunity to serve. How many of us are looking for an opportunity to serve? We're just looking for it. We're just we're hungry for it. We're, we're, we're desiring it. I remember when I first, when I first became um, the department, the department uh, head over my surveying department, I spent the first three hours of every day looking for new work, looking for something. Just like a bloodhound, baby. I'm trying to find work. I'm trying to find work. Because you got a big award. If you sold enough work, you got a big award. You got, you got put on the you got put on the on the cabinet with all the CEOs of the company of how much money that you had raised, you had brought to the company. And man, I was I was I was I done I done got silver, I done got gold. Huh? I was ready for platinum. Y'all with me? I'm wanting to go to the top. I'm 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 pour, I'm just pouring in, I'm looking for it, because I want to go after this. See that that's how he was. He was looking for opportunities because he wanted to go after whatever God wanted him to have. He wanted to go after whatever God had put in front of him. How many of you are so hungry to please God, you're willing to go after whatever it is? That's the type of man Jonathan was. See, Jonathan knew that the enemy was close, and he was looking, desiring. He was moving toward where God was leading. He wasn't waiting on, a, on another sign. He wasn't waiting on somebody to say, come on, let's go, boys. He said, I know what God wants me to do, and I'm going after it. I know the task at hand, I'm going after it. So many of us, we have missed opportunities that God has placed in front of us, so many amazing blessings to be used by God because we're waiting on somebody else to go with us. We're waiting on another sign. God, I'll do it if you send somebody with me. See, most of the times I've realized that God wants you to take the first step. If you turn around and somebody else step right behind you. But that never happens until you take the first step because it shows faith. It shows faith. See, he knew God's plan. 
And Jonathan, I love it, he was confident in God. That shows his faith. He said, me and you are going to go check it out. We, might, we could die, we, but I'm going to have faith because I, I know my God. See, don't, don't you understand something about faith? The more you trust in God, the more you trust God. And a lot of reasons why so many people don't trust God because they don't trust him in the little things. You don't trust him in the small things. But you start trusting him in the little things, then you'll start getting a little more to give him a little more and a little more. You're not going to trust God to, 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 for healing if you don't trust him with your finances. You're not going to trust God to save your family if you're not willing to trust God with your current situation. You know what I'm saying? We've got to trust him in where we are in order to get to greater faith. But we think that we have to have all this huge faith. And we feel condemned because we don't have it. Start where you are, and, and God will give you the big faith. But big faith only comes through continually walking and, and, and walking in the littleness. God, give me a little bit more. I have a little bit more faith. Jonathan didn't get to where he was overnight. All of a sudden, it's because he was walking with God. And he seen God do things. And he was in the middle of it. That's what gives you more faith, church. Jonathan was, was, was taking initiative. To be heart and soul with God means I'm taking initiative. I'm not waiting on you to tell me again. I'm taking the initiative. You showed me, let's get it. When I'm looking for an employee, I want somebody's going to take initiative. How many of y'all like people you got to tell what to do all the time? Huh? Anybody? I just told you that, boy. Huh? I just told you that. Because you want somebody to take initiative. You want just to go with it. I'm going to tell you something. That, that's how, I think that's how God is. I know he was probably aggravated with me the first five or six years of my walk. Because I'm constantly like, what do I need to do now, God? He said, I done told you. Take another step. What do you want me to do now? I, I done told you. Until then, then now the down thing he's got to say is, whoa, 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 slow up, slow up, slow up. You got to run. The second thing. In verse 2, it says, Now Saul was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah underneath the pomegranate tree with about 600 men. He had 600 men. He knew the enemy was close. He had the means to go and go whoop up on them. And he's just hanging out. He's just hanging out. See, church, I want to tell you something. Some are eager to get involved in God's plan, and others are just mesmerized by comfort. Mesmerized. You let that deer in the headlights. You're just hanging out where you, where you are. That's what the church is today. We're just mesmerized by comfort. We got a man in India fixing to lose everything, but he's willing to stay true to the gospel. And we won't even tell our, our neighbors about Jesus because they might think we're weird. Comfort kills us. See, Saul, he had this modest little army. Just hanging out, had all this comfort, all this security. See, so many of us, our security robs us of being able to be used by God because we won't step out of the comfort zone because it will make us unsecure because, it, because really we're unsecure because we don't trust God. And that's one of the things that I battle with, like security, like I, I don't know. Like if I do this, then what's going to happen? But if I trust God and say, Lord, I'm just going to do it. I'm going for broke, baby. I'm going out all in, God. And if I fall flat, then, that, then, then you'll show me where to go from here. Just having faith. And we have that radical faith. He makes a way. As long as we're pursuing what God wants us to do. It, to me, it's such a clear picture 
of the divide we have in the church today. Some want to lounge around in comfort. Some want to just show up and just claim. You know how many people claim to be a part of a church just because they go twice a year? They want to claim to fame. Then you go ask them, well, who's the pastor? Oh. Oh. It's just one of those things. I think we've got to realize that so many people want to just come to church and they want to, have, they want to be comfortable, but they don't want to get their hands dirty. But God's called us to be people who aren't clean all the time. I should be clean inside. My heart should be pure for God, but my hands should be filthy because I'm doing the work of God. And some of us have never been, never taken our spiritual clothes off a little bit and had to wash them because we hadn't got our hands dirty. That's what God's called us to be. People who are willing to go deep, go, go into the deepest and darkest of places to rescue people. But we won't do it if we're just all about us. I mean, you got the man, the most powerful man, right there, hanging out, eating fruit in the shade while his son is willing to risk his life. So then, then you turn around in verse 3. It says, now, this is good, but it talks about among, now Saul, he was sitting among whom was, a, was Ahijah, who was wearing an ephod. He was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub. Son of, I'm trying to pronounce these right, but he's hard, baby. Son of Phineas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Sheol. Now, he was hanging out. This was his priest, right? And you got to understand who these men are to really get this this morning. See, 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 Ichabod means no glory. He's hanging out with a brother whose name means no glory. You know why his name is no glory? Because he is a part of a, of a family who was cursed by God. Because his, his, Eli, y'all remember Eli? He, he, was, he wasn't willing to rebuke his sons. His sons were doing evil in the temple of the Lord. He wasn't willing to rebuke his sons. He was staying on the comfort line, didn't want to be confrontational. And God rebuked him, and he died, and his whole family was cursed because they were not following the ways of the Lord. See, passivity will take you down the wrong road. Amen, men? We heard that yesterday, those that went to the men's conference. But passivity would take you down the wrong road. Just hanging out, just, just not wanting to cause any rifts. But see, when you're vigilant after God's own heart, you can't be passive. You can't sit around. See, he's the king. is hanging out with people who are known as people that the glory has departed from them. See, who you hang out with often dictates your destiny. Who is in your circle shows me where your heart is. And you can sit there, and I know, I know, who's in your inner circle will dictate your, where you go. I know. That's why church, that's why community is so important. It's you around other godly men and women that help keep you walking in the right that don't mean that you're better than no one else. I, I've, I've talked to so many other brothers that, that, that got free from addiction. And I've talked to them. I'm like, look, man, I'm telling you, I know. You keep going back to your buddies. You're going to be right back in addiction because I know because I've been there. In order to get free, you got to get away from the influence. 
And then when you get strong, you can go back and tell them another way. But right now, you got to stay away so you can get strong. Amen? See, who you're around dictates what you do. See, a lot of us, we're not following Jesus. We're not intimately following Jesus because we don't have any friends that are intimately following Jesus. we, We don't have any people that are pushing us on. And if you have some people in your circle that were pushing you on, man, Lord, have mercy, where would you be right now with God? See, God set this thing up so that we're relational, we're doing life with one another. The company you keep often directs the life that you live, church. We've got to be careful who we let in. That must have been too deep because y'all just looking off. I, don't, I heard a... When I was working at EMC, we, were, we went to a, a national convention, and, and they were, it was a leadership convention, and the guy said something that's always resonated with me. He said, horses will run with horses, and donkeys will run with donkeys, but you will never see horses and donkeys running together. And I'm like, and the more I see that, even in the corporate world, people who are, who are, who are just, they're going to make a way. They, they, they go getters. They surround themselves with go getters. They don't surround themselves with losers because they already surrounded by the other losers. You surround yourself with people that in direction you're headed. Some of y'all need to cut some ties today. Amen? You need to get the scissors out and start cutting loose. See, that, that's, what, that's what messed up Saul. He allowed his inner circle to dictate where he went. He allowed his inner circle to dictate his, his intentionality. He allowed his inner circle to dictate how much he was going to listen to God. See, the people we have in the inner circle can put our fire out. It's so important. That's what happened. Let's just keep going. Verse 4. It says, on the east side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost, there was two cliffs. One cliff stood toward McMash and the other one toward Gibeah. And Jonathan said to his young arm bearer, he said, come on, let's go over to the outpost to those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Man, I love that statement. That's some faith right there, baby, ain't it? No matter how big it is, if God's on our side, if God be for us, who'll be against us? Amen? I mean, that's amazing to me. Jonathan's his willingness to sacrifice his very life for what God's called us to do. See, people who are heart and soul, they will take opportunities God put in front of them, and they will not be afraid because they know God's got them. They know God's got them. I mean, that's what we have to understand. We got to start fighting from victory instead of for victory. Because when you start fighting for victory, you think it's all on you. But when you realize the battle has already been won and you're fighting from victory, you have more confidence because you know there's nothing you're going to do that's going to take you out of the will of God if you're pursuing him. It gets you fired up. It gets you jacked up. It makes you realize I can shoot for the stars, baby, because God's on my side. And don't give you the right now to make no dumb decisions. I'm just going to do this without consulting God. But if God says, go for it, don't be scared, church. If God tells you, look, your neighbor needs Jesus, don't be scared to go tell him about Jesus. You know why? Because he's going to be with you. Let me tell you a little If God's telling you, look, you have screwed up at being a husband. You have screwed up at being a wife. 
Don't be afraid of going to your husband or going to your wife and saying, look, I'm sorry. Forgive me. We've been focused on the wrong thing. Let's recenter this thing. Don't, don't worry if, if, if who cheated on who or, or who did what or, or who, who did it, whatever. Let's, let's just don't worry about it. Don't, don't, sometimes we're worried about what everybody... Sometimes, y'all with me? We're worried about what everybody else has got to say. And we don't consult the one that has the final say. And we got to stop listening to everybody else. We got to start listening to God. You with me? See, people who are after God's own heart ain't worried about nobody else but God. And I'm telling you, I've allowed voices of everybody else to get me off the trail for too long. And now this dog's ready to hunt. Y'all with me? I ain't doing it no more. I ain't listening to nobody else. I'm listening to God. I'm going to do what he says. See, people who are heart and soul with Jesus, we're, we're just focused after him. We're, we're willing to take chances. See, to get to where he needed to be, to get to where God wanted Jonathan to go, it was going to take risk. He had to go through some dangerous stuff. But he was willing to risk whatever it took to get there because he knew that once he got there, if God said go, he was going to get victory. Church, it's not comfortable. It's not easy going the direction God wants you to go some days. But when you got God on your side, you're willing to go through hell and high water to get to it because you know he's on your side. See, it, it, it ain't like the Navy SEALs picked Jonathan and his armor bearer up in a helicopter. And took him across this big old ravine and then dropped him down. They didn't have any rope, any rope to repel them. These little boys had grit. They had desire. They got their bare hands. Like, hold on, let me take my shoes off. You know, I'm finna get up this hill. And they climbed this cliff. I ain't talking about Paramo Hill. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about a cliff, baby. With rocks and rock faces that if I make the wrong step, I'm going to fall. They had to climb up this one. I had to go down, go across a flat spot, go up and down to get to the Philistines. There was some opposition. There was some work involved. You had to have some grit. You had to have some desire. I imagine as they were climbing up, they might have slipped a little bit. Imagine there was a couple times they were like, well, this is it. Imagine his armor bearer was looking at Jonathan like, boy, you have brought me here. I'm going to die. But they didn't stop. They didn't let the opposition stop them. See, people who are heart and soul with God don't let opposition stop them because they know who's got them. We got to grab a hold of that in the church. There's a lot of you need to get a hold of that because you don't have a lot of confidence in God. And you got to get confidence in him and realizing that if he's called you to it, he's going to bring you through it. See, Jonathan was so confident. I love that. Then in verse 7, then in verse 7, they're, they're, they're looking down. He's like, all right, we made it. We made it. Now, for me, I done done all that. I've done about face death three times. I might be doubting my man Jonathan. But without Jonathan, armor bearer, Jonathan would not have been able to do this. And he looks at his armor bearer, and he's like, you ready? You ready? We went this far. Victory is right over there. If God says go, are you ready? And he didn't stutter. He didn't stammer. He said, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. He had trust. He had faith in the man, Jonathan. He had faith in his leader. I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. 
So many times we don't trust church leadership because they think we're going in a direction that's crazy, that's stupid, I don't understand. It's different than where everybody else is going. And I don't know if I need to stay on this train or jump off. But sometimes you just got to trust that some people are hearing from God. And I think Jonathan Andre was just trusting that he heard from him. Jonathan, I'm telling you, he was so willing to sacrifice these things that, that, that what happened, it overflowed into his armor bearer. Jonathan's faith increased the armor bearer's faith. See, when you walk out in faith, church, the other people around you are watching you and they see your faith and they're willing to step out too. Sometimes the biggest obstacle in a move of God is you. God wants to move, but you won't. Sometimes the biggest obstacle of bringing salvation to a whole entire family is you being bold enough to share it with your family. You move, and then they will. People who are sold out, who are heart and soul, they ain't afraid to take risks. They're not afraid to go forward. See, when we're all in, it gives others the desire to go all in as well. If you put your heart and soul into something, church, then it means that you're doing it with a great deal of enthusiasm and energy. You're all in. It's all, it's all about it. I'm 150% in. I'm committed. I, and I thank God that he's made me that way. My little boy has the same thing, right, wrong, or indifferent. When his mind is set to it, he's going through with it. And it don't matter if you tell him, boy, I'm fitting to beat you three ways from Sunday. He's going. I get home from the men's conference last night. He's running up there. He ain't even had a diaper on, just a shirt on, running around the house. He climbs up the back of the couch. And I was like, boy, get off that couch. He's like, I'm going to jump. I said, don't jump off that couch. And he did this. I was like, I'm gonna, boy, I'm going I'm to spank you. You know what he did? He jumped off the couch. I got done, so I thanked him, and I told him, I said, now, was that worth it? Yes. <laughs> Homeboy was in it to win it. That's how we got to be. We got to be in it to win it, no matter what the consequences. We know that's what God said, do. Y'all with me, church? The armor bearer, I want you to understand something about this as we get ready to close, but the armor bearer, in the ancient times, they were extremely loyal, extremely loyal. But he carried the armor. He carried the extra weapons. I mean, it was like, if, if, if he ran out of bullets, he didn't have bullets back then, but if it was during the day, if you ran out of bullets, he was the old boy throwing you the clip. You know what I'm saying? If you ran out of, if you ran out of ammo, he was throwing you another gun. He was throwing him another sword. He was giving him a shield. He was throwing him a javelin. Whatever he needed, he was geared to hand it to him. He was right with him. Because without the armor bearer, Johnson could not have done it. Church, without you, the church can't move. You are the armor bearer of God's church. And, instead of, and if you don't step up and say, God, I'm willing to fight. God, I'm willing to go where you want me to go. The church ain't going to move. If you ain't willing to step up and say, I want to go, God, I know where you've been. I know where you've gone. I'm walking right behind you, and I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. If you don't start walking, victory's not going to be had. And God's got a plan for y'all, church. God's got a plan for all of you. He wants to reach people in your communities, but it's all on you if you let God work through you. I'm telling you, guys. I'm telling you. They were a team. They were together. And for Jonathan to be successful, the armor bearer had to be in it with him. He had to have 
right. See, one of the biggest problems we have is you're not all in. And I'm not trying to beat you up, I promise. But if everybody was in, the church would be unstoppable. If y'all were all in, we'd save Jenkins County, we'd disciple Jenkins County, and we'd move on to the next one tomorrow. But we won't do that because we get in the way. We ain't all in. Oh, we say we are. We say we are. But when it gets difficult, we start flaking out. We start falling to the wayside. You know what? Let me share this with y'all. This is on my heart hard. But one of the biggest things I see is the way the church is not on board and on fire for God is how the rate in which marriages crumble in the church. And this is only hard. I've had, I've had at least five phone calls this week about people, not in our church, but other people around that know me struggling with marital problems. And, and, and church, I'm telling you, we can't love God if I can't love who's in the house with me. And God's called us to be... Um, uh, people who are walking in faith how can I love you how can I show the world around us the unmeasurable love of Jesus if I can't forgive my spouse that lives with me every day I, I, can't, I can't walk in that church I'm telling you that's one of the things that's holding a lot of us back is our relationship with our spouse if my relationship with my spouse was on fire was like it should be let me tell you something we'd be knocking down the doors of hell for Jesus I ain't talking about y'all I'm talking about us because we a team. Wife, you're your husband's armor bearer. You're there to walk with him, to encourage him when he's struggling, when he don't have, when he has doubt. You're there to walk with him and say, here's God's word. Here's the sword of God's word. Use it. You're there to encourage him. You're there to walk with him. And husband, let me tell you, if your wife isn't there with you, then you won't make it. The marriage won't make it. Some of us need to repent of our selfishness and we need to circle around and say, Lord God, fix my marriage, fix my heart, take my selfishness away so we can be who you want us to be. The church will remain unmovable unless the, the, the family unit, unless the husband and wives pursue each other in a godly way. And that's free. That is not on my notes. But I'm telling you, that God has put that huge passion in my heart, guys. It's like every, I got a phone, I got a text message last night from a really, really close friend. We're going to meet this afternoon. And when I hung up the phone, I just looked at my wife and I was like, man, man. And she could tell. She could tell. She said, something's going on with your marriage. I was like, yeah, yeah. Because God's heart is for us to be Jesus. Now that did happen a few times, okay? 
But it happened mostly by the way I looked over things. I prayed continuously. I fasted. And I pursued her heart. Even when her heart was the hardest. I showed her Jesus. I didn't show her Judas. I showed her Jesus. So many of us are willing to turn on our, well, on our spouses because we're not getting out of it what we think we should be getting. And that's what Judas did. Church, for us to be heart and soul, we got to realize we're a team. We got to realize we're together. We got to realize, number one, that God has our backs. And when you realize God has your back, there ain't nothing that can stop you. For you to be heart and soul with Connection Church, we get you to go through a, a program where we talk. We, we try to. It's like a, it's a one-day thing where we you go through and it's being a member of our church so that we can make sure that you're right with Jesus. Because I don't want somebody showing up here to, to park you and they're drunk from the night before. You know what I'm saying? Come on in. I don't want that. But so that's why we do that. Make sure you're saved. You're right before we get you serving. But it ain't about all that to me. I, that's just a process, but my heart is that your heart is right with God. Heart and soul to me, to be a part of this church, don't have a thing to do with a piece of paper. It has everything to do with the condition of your heart. So to be true heart and soul, I don't care if you sign that paper or not. To be a true person that's heart and soul with our church, number one, means your heart and soul with God. It means you have a vibrant relationship with Jesus. You realize that you have been adopted into the kingdom. You realize that you're a child of the king. You realize that you are a daughter and a son to, G, to, the, to the king. That Jesus paid your penalty and you are walking in victory with Christ. Not that you come to church on Sunday, but you are walking with him every day. You have a vibrant relationship with him. If you ain't heart and soul with Jesus in that way, you won't be heart and soul any other. Often in so many churches, the reason the church don't move because most of the members ain't right with God. Church, I'm telling you, if, you, if your relationship is not right, then when, there's going to be a section. In just a second, you get a chance to repent and say, God, forgive me to turn and change your direction today. Change your mind and allow God to change your heart. Maybe you need to do that with your spouse. See, heart and soul to me, my, it means your heart and soul with, with your family means that your family is your focus. means that you're being intentional with, with discipling your family. Your family realizing that your first ministry. That you're pouring your heart and soul into your family. Because if you're pouring your heart and soul into your family, I know that you're going to pour your heart and soul into someone else. It means that, that, you're, that you're being intentional with that. To be heart and soul with connection, church, milling, and, and, and with this church means that you strive and you're yearning for community. You're not just this Sunday morning churchgoer. That you're someone who wants to get plugged in. You want to do life with other people. No matter how jacked up we all are, you want to do life with other people because you know that other people are going to push you closer to the king. We want to do life with other people, encouraging each other. I'm telling you, who you put yourself around will show how far you go. And if you put yourself around like-minded believers, it will push you further to Christ. It will push you closer to Jesus. And some of you, that's just that's the, the fuel that your relationship needs. You need someone to push you. You need someone to walk with you. That's what heart and soul means here. That you're in community. 
We got so many people that want to serve, but they don't want to go to community because they don't want, they, they just want to come and be seen and they don't want to let God change their hearts. They don't want to do life with people because if you do life with people, then they're going to know some of your junk and they're too prideful for anybody to know their junk. I'm getting real real in the end. Y'all with me? But transparency breeds authenticity and it takes away the fakeness that we try to carry in our walk with God. I sat down with two of my brothers this past week and I shared some deep stuff that I ain't never shared with nobody. And in the moment, after I said it, I said, oh Lord, what if this gets back to Sabrina? I already told her by yourself, you need to lock arms with somebody and allow them to walk with you. Being heart and soul means that that's what you do. You, you are in community with other people. It means that you're serving, that you're using the gifts that God's given you. That you're going to be, you're gonna, you, you, you identify what, what, what you're good at and you're like, God, I want to use my gifts to glorify your kingdom. I remember when I first got saved, I didn't know anything. I, I, remember, I told y'all last week, I remember telling somebody, I can't do anything. I, I don't like kids right now. I don't even like doing this or doing that, but I tell you what I can do. I can work. I can work. Anything they needed done, I was working. I was doing this. I was doing that. But you know what working revealed to me? Is as I worked, I realized that I could share the gospel because in my working, there was opportunities to share the gospel. See, God doesn't, God's got stuff inside of you that you don't even know you have, but you got to start where you are to get to where he wants you to be. Some of y'all are diamonds in the rough. Y'all with me? A little bit of hope. You start where you are. Being, a, being, a, being heart and soul with Connection Church Millen means in this next year, you're going to be dedicated to making a disciple. Because a church that does not make disciples is a church that dies. Every one of you here in this room, if y'all committed to making one disciple, to making someone, to walking with someone next year, guess what? We double our numbers next year. It ain't about numbers, it's about reaching people for the kingdom. It's pouring our lives into other people so that they can do the same. See, church, heart and soul means so much more than do all that you have in mind. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. The heartbeat of this church and the heartbeat that is inside of me is that you would know Jesus in a way that is unmarkable, that is unattainable, that is uncomparable to anything else you've ever seen. But you got to be all in. You got to be heart and soul. And so that's my heart for you guys. And the thing is, is that it's more than membership. You have to want it. You have to want Jesus. You have to desire God. You have to know that once you don't have a relationship with Jesus. So I want to open it up before we, before we do anything else. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus where you actually are following God, 
if you ain't talked to him in six months, question. Pretty much, you ain't got a relationship with him. God wants a vibrant relationship where you surrender all to him and you walk with him. If you don't have that today, how about raise your hand so we can pray with you and lead you to that. Anybody want to give their life to Christ today? Anybody want to surrender all today? rest of us and this is going to be a two part thing I want you guys if God's moving in your heart if God's moving in your soul I want you to I want you to come to this altar I want you to pray if you are convicted about your relationship with your spouse I want you and her to come or her and him to come and y'all come and lay it out at the altar so when you get up from here you both can repent together and you can move on this might be the first time you and your wife have ever prayed together, but y'all need to come and lay it at the altar. Maybe you today, you need to say, you know, I'm struggling with committing to, to having community. You need to come and, and say, God, help remove the pride of me being vulnerable with other people. See, pride, humility is not a, a feeling. Humility is a posture. You carry yourself. You're willing to, to submit to God. You're willing to, to all right, God, I, I want to do this. It's hard, but I'm going to submit to you. Some of you need to submit to that today and, and, and really get real with God so that you can be heart and soul with Jesus Christ. And that will overflow into this body. And then when that time's done, we're going to do one more thing. But I'll, we're gonna, if y'all will stand with me, Brad, if you'll come forward, lead them in, in. And if God's moving in your heart, God's moving in you, then, then I, I challenge you to come meet me at this altar.